Um, it's lovely to be here this morning. Um, I am sharing with you this morning, and it has been a momentous week in the Daniels household. Um, it was our puppy's first birthday, Marley. He is a bit crazy, but we love him, really. And my daughter started big school this week. So it's kind of weird because she's the littlest one, so no more kids at primary school. It's the end of an era. And it was a bit strange for me because she's actually going to the same school as I went to. So she decided not to follow her brothers to a school in Carrick, and she's decided to go to BRA, which is short for Belfast Royal Academy, which sounds fancy, but it is a great school. I loved it. And I've got a wee photo of them here. This is her and Ruby and another friend. And I have to say, they did not have balloon arches in my day. What is that all about? The good thing also was there was a fancy parent breakfast after we dropped them off, including watermelon, mini scones, bread, cheese. I was loving life. They did not have that in my day either. But it's been a big week, so because Hope's starting school, um, there's another photo. I actually made it to Twitter, so I figured it was fair game to show this photo. That was thanks to Corrine. <laughs> so um, Hope doesn't know I put that up, but I thought if it's on Twitter, anyone could have seen it anyway. So... Um, so I couldn't help but reflect about myself starting school as my littlest daughter was starting school. And I do have a photo of me. How bad is that? Like, why did my mom give me that haircut? It's so mean. Right, go back to the other one. <laughs> So, like, it was so bad. Like, why did my mom make me have short hair? I did actually look like a boy. I remember one time going into the train station. It was called York Road then. We used to always go in, and if you had time, run into the shop and get sweets before you got on the train. And I was standing behind the counter, and because the girl couldn't see my skirt, she said, all right, son. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway, bad haircut. But when I, went, when I um, went to school, I really wanted to be good at sport because my family was always interested in sport. So both my parents play golf and still enjoy golf. And every Saturday afternoon, I was in a different sporting environment. Not me playing sport, me just observing sport. So I was either at Carrick Golf Club, I've got the pictures here, I tried to find old ones because it was a lot of years ago. If I wasn't at Carrick Golf Club, I was at Carrick Rugby Club because my dad's friend played rugby. I was dragged along to Ravenhill for rugby matches. I was dragged along to Windsor Park for football matches. And I was dragged to Mary Peter's track for athletics meetings, but I actually did like those ones the best. So that's Zola Bod in 1984, the barefoot runner. Does anyone remember her? Some of you are too young. You're all too young. But anyway, I loved that because you got to go into school and say you'd seen all these athletes and it was a bit different. So I was also dragged around golf courses on Sunday afternoons because people were playing matches. So Peter and I would get told off, Terry will get this because we were too noisy and messing about and you just don't do that because you have to be quiet in the golf course. So it was no surprise that when I went to school, I really wanted to be good at sport. I really wanted to be in the hockey team. The problem being, I wasn't really that good at sport. <laughs> and it was always really annoying because my brother would always beat me at golf, tennis, and sports that we would both play together. But anyway, so it didn't last that long at the hockey, to be honest. And it's also kind of ironic that I married someone who did a sports studies degree and trained to be a PE teacher. Although I will tell you a story. 
don't know why I'm breathless. <laughs> I did beat him once on one of our first dates at nine hole pitch and putt. <laughs> I think he thought, oh, she won't have a clue. She doesn't know what she's doing. About halfway around, he realized she can actually swing a golf club and I did beat him by one shot. <laughs> so all those years around the golf course paid off somehow or other. Anyway, fast forward quite a few years. I became friends with Gillian, who's now our kids' pastor, and we used to go out for walks and talk about all sorts of things. Oh, you're there, Gillian. Happy days. I'll talk about you in your year. So we used to walk and talk, and then Gillian said, why don't you think about running? And I said, ha, 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 me running. I could not run to the end of the street. But she kept encouraging me, so she said, we'll just walk a bit, then we'll run a bit, walk a bit, run a bit. So we did that. And then we started, Gillian really started Sweaty Betty's, we called ourselves. A few of us started running, and I do remember finding it funny because we were at Mums and Tots, and Ellie was there. Is Ellie here? Ellie was here, and, she, and we said, oh, Ellie, we're doing this running thing called Sweaty Betty's. Do you want to come? And she went, yeah, I'll come and run with you. None of us realizing Ellie is an absolutely legend runner. She's the fastest in the running club, and none of us could keep up with her, but anyway... You kept that hidden for a wee while, Ellie. So Gillian really encouraged me in running. She took me to my first 5K race in Carnfonnock and ran me around that. She took me to my first park run on a Saturday morning in Belfast before there was even park run in Carrick. And I built it up and I was able to run a 10K, which is six miles. So for a wannabe sports person, that was a pretty good achievement. And I even joined a running club. So... Don't laugh, Paul. I am going to confess I've hardly been to running club this year. <laughs> so the last few years have been a bit up and down. I was doing well, and then I got a sore back. I was wanting to get into running again, and then I broke my leg. So I did get back into it, but I haven't been very consistent, I have to confess. I haven't been to running club much this year. So again, Gillian's been gently encouraging me, and I've done a couple of short runs very short recently. So last Saturday, I went out, and it's always a good time to just think and reflect and kind of have quiet time. And I was just thinking about, you know, sometimes when people go to sports clubs or places like running clubs, they, they get quite competitive about it. And, you know, I've heard people say, oh, that running club, it's all about the latest PB, personal best. And I have to say, when I was out running last week, I just thought, you know, that kind of stuff doesn't really bother me. You know, there's different people, different abilities, different groups. Sometimes people do more races than others. People have different goals. And I was just thinking about this mulling it all over, and I felt this little phrase come into my head, which was, run your own race. And I just thought, yes, that's right. I can run my own race. And most of the time, I'm happy to run my own race, and I don't really worry too much about other what other people think. And I just wondered if that's something that God might be saying to some of us today, that as we are kind of starting a new term, I know not everyone's in the school calendar, but in church, it does feel like a new term. It's time to run your own race. And I just want to say sorry, by the way, because... I know Paul talks about running and all as well, and I'm sorry for all these running analogies. I know you don't have to be a runner to join this church, as someone asked me a while ago. <laughs> but it's also in the Bible, you know, so if it's in the Bible, that's okay. So if we look at Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, have a wee look at this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So how do we run with perseverance the race marked out for us? And that is an amazing thought in itself. For every one of us, there's a race marked out for us. There's a race marked out for me. There's a race marked out for you. How do we run that race with, whilst fixing our eyes on Jesus in this new term, in this new season? You know, for some of us, it does feel like a new start after the summer holidays. Maybe some of us are sitting here asking ourselves, oh, back to church. What's this church thing all about? Why am I here? What does it look like to follow Jesus? Can I run this race? And whether we're going back to school or uni or not, we're all learners and we're all pupils. And if we want to follow Jesus and run the race, we're his disciples. And that literally means to be a follower of Christ. I looked up in the dictionary, we can see here, a disciple is any follower of Christ. A disciple is a pupil. And we're all apprentices. We're all learning. It's like Jesus is the master craftsman and we're learning from him. There's the definition as well of apprentice. You know, a person who works for another in order to learn a trade, a learner, a novice. And that's what we want to look at, look at in these next few weeks in our new series, The Apprentice. We learn from the master craftsman by spending time with him. And then we become more like him and we learn to do the things that Jesus did. So that's going to be our little goal as we look at the apprentice. Be with Jesus, become like Jesus and do what Jesus did. And that's what we're going to be unpacking. So how do we follow Jesus well? How do we run our own race and run with perseverance? So as I said, I had started running again after a break. And to be honest, it was really hard to get started. Last Saturday, I put on my running clothes, I got up, I put them on, and then I thought, right, I need to go to the shop. So I went and got a few things from the shop. Then one of the kids needed a lift, so I went and gave Sam a lift. Then I was like, oh, I better do that stuff in the house. And I just kept putting it off. I kept finding other things to do. It was like my friend, when we were revising for her A-levels, I phoned her up and said, what are you doing? Have you been doing any revision? And she said, no, I really had to do some cleaning. And I was like, what? And I was like, what were you cleaning? And she said, the letterbox. <laughs> I'm like, you'll do anything. You know, and, but last Saturday I thought, right, after lunch, I just have to do this. And once I got, I went out the front door, started like running down the street and my body felt like lead. I just felt like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, maybe I could just walk. Oh, maybe I'll turn back. Oh, I just, I just can't get back into this. And I just thought maybe that's like some of us here. You know, sometimes we have seasons in our lives where we don't feel that close to Jesus. And it's hard to get started again, isn't it? It's hard to pray. It's hard to talk to him. It's hard to pick up your Bible and get stuck into it. It's hard to live out your faith in your life you know, wondering and living it out and thinking, how does this impact how I live at school and at work and in my family? But the truth is, we've all got to start somewhere. You know, we can all put on the running gear and look the part, but if we don't actually go out the front door, nothing's going to happen. You know, if we don't put one foot in front of the other, it's not going to change. So I think some of us need to 
not just put on our running gear, but open that front door and run out and commit to taking the first step of running again with Jesus. And I have to say to you today, like, there might be people around you who will not get it. You know, like, you know, when some people take up running, some of us, if we're honest, would just look at them and go, what are you doing? I'm never doing that. I don't care about being fit. I am not running. And sometimes it's like that when we start running with Jesus, you know, or if we want to take our faith more seriously, some people around you are not going to get it. Some of your school friends will not get it, why you even have faith. You know, some people in your family or in your work, and they might even mock you or discourage you. And some of you have been following Jesus for years, and there's people around you who don't get it. And I just want to tell you to remember again today, it's time to run your own race. You need to choose what you want in your life. If you want to follow Jesus, that's good. It's not someone else's decision. It's your decision. And also don't worry because even though there's some that don't get it and discourage you, others will come along and encourage you. The other day when I was out running, I happened to run past this house of a girl from running club. And obviously she hasn't seen me there for a long time because I haven't been, but she shouted across, go on Chantel, get running. And I was like, yay. (laughs) Nicola's seen me running. She can tell Bobby he's a legend runner. (laughs) But anyway, it's like... People will discourage you, but other people will cheer you on and go, yes, come on. Like, Jillian didn't give up on me when I was a bit of a reluctant runner. And that's what we want our church to be. We want to champion each other. We want to cheer each other on and go, come on, you can run this race. Like that great, great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews. So my question is, how are you running your race today? And when I was out running, I was thinking, you know, about that thing about people going on about the PBs and what everyone else is doing and what race are you doing next month and blah, 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 and which actually doesn't really bother me that much, but it seems to bother some people. And I was thinking, what is that about? You know, do we feel under pressure? Do we compare ourselves? And I don't do that, but in other things, I do compare myself sometimes. And we all do it, if we're honest, don't we? We all kind of look around and compare ourselves with other people and other things. Like, so for me, you know, I'm standing here talking to you guys today. Like, I can be sitting in church or watching something online and go, oh, that person is such a great speaker. I'd never be able to share like that. Oh my goodness, they knew so much how they communicated that. I could never do that. Or sometimes I could look at other churches and think, oh, look at that great ministry they have. Oh, why didn't we think of that? Maybe we should be doing that. Oh, mm. And you know what's the worst for this? Social media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is you guys are on. It's like you can look at that and go, oh, look at that great thing or oh, maybe we should be doing that. And you can feel that not enough feeling creeping in, can't you? Like, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not doing as much as that person or our church isn't like that church or whatever. And for all of us, it's going to be something different. You know, maybe for you, you look at someone else and go, oh my goodness, they're such a great parent. Oh, their kids are doing so well. All I do is yell at mine 24-7. Or it could be someone at work like, oh, they're smashing their sales figures, I'm never going to reach my target this month, or 
maybe you're checking out that person at the gym, and I don't know what way, but you're like, I couldn't run as fast as them, I couldn't lift as heavy as them, oh, I'll never look as good as them. Or you're at school and you're going, oh, I'll never be as sporty as that person or as smart as that person. Or you might look around church and think, oh, I'll never be as holy as that person. (laughs) You know, the reality of it is none of that is going to help you run your race. It's said that comparison is the thief of joy. It just drags us down. It's not good for us. And I think, you know, a whole other sermon could be on social media and thinking about that and thinking about comparing yourself. But as I was like mulling all this over in my head, I just thought of these words. And the words were, stay in your lane. You know, when you watch athletics, 100, 200, 400 meters, especially the shorter distances, the athletes need to stay in their own lane. I was also thinking about this, and I thought some parents get very competitive on sports day, don't they? Um, Certain parents that uh, shall remain nameless, coaching their children, don't look to the right, don't look to the left in the sprint, keep focused, fix on the line, you will get there, don't look to the right, don't look to the left, because what happens when you do that? It slows you down, you get distracted, you're looking at someone else. And I think God's saying to some of us today, stay in your own lane. Stop trying to run someone else's race. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Work work out what your lane is and stay in that one. You know, be the best parent you can be. Be the best foster care salesperson, student, apprentice of Jesus you can be, whatever it is. And some of us need to run our own race and also work out what our lane is. So what are you for? What's God called you to? What's the race marked out for you? What is your race? What are you passionate about? What makes you angry? What are you good at? How have your past experiences led you up until today? You know, they're all great questions to ask when we're trying to work out what our lane is. And if we don't know what it is, how are we going to stay in it? We need to know what the lane is to stay in the lane. And it's so easy to get sidetracked and look at other people and compare ourselves. And I think we do that more when we're not sure of what our own lane is. So for an example, for me, like one of the things I feel passionate about is emotional health, which you probably all know because I keep talking about it. But I feel stirred when I read the Bible and it talks about setting the captives free and binding up the brokenhearted. I feel really sad when I see couples and families and children struggling with different things, with relationship difficulties, mental health issues. So for me, that's a big part of my lane. So I deliberately choose to do things that will fulfill that. And I seek God and I say, God, show me how I can do that. But that's just me. We're all different. So what's your lane? What What is the thing that you're going to fix on and run for and go towards? And, you know, we can all be running in our lane, we can be staying in our lane, but it is easy to get distracted sometimes, and distractions cause problems. So the other day when I was out running, I ran past Eden Primary School, which is my children's old school, and there was this person in the playground, and I thought, hold on a minute, it's not school time, what's that person doing in the playground? Are they a burglar? What is going on? And I was so busy running along and looking that I tripped up the curb and went over on my ankle, and it was a wee bit sore, but it wasn't awful. But the reason I hurt myself was because I stopped concentrating, I got distracted, 
And you know that can come from us or it can come from someone deliberately trying to distract us or pull us away. You know, as I said earlier, some people won't understand our desire to run this race. And there's a bit about that in Galatians 5, 7 to 8. And it says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. So once I tripped up and hurt my ankle, I had a decision to make at that moment. Do I keep going? Do I keep running? Or will that make it worse? Do I, should I start walking? So I decided to keep running, but kept an eye on it. But the thing is, if I had stopped there, I would have been stuck. I didn't have a phone. I couldn't phone Paul and go, come pick me up. You know, I would have either had to, I had to keep going, basically. I had to walk or I could have limped home if necessary, but I couldn't stop and give up. And I just want to encourage you guys today, if you've become distracted or you've got stuck, you can get going again. You can keep going. And that phrase, fix your eyes on Jesus as an apprentice, be with Jesus, become like Jesus, do what Jesus did. The more we do that, the less distracted we're going to get. And the more difficult it's going to be for those other people to cut in on us and try and distract us. But we need to be consistent. You know, this is a bit bad to say this because I'm going to have to keep running now. But if I just go running like every couple of weeks. I'm not going to make any progress. I'm not going to get any better. We need to make a decision to stay in the race, you know, and it's the same as an apprentice. You know, if you're an apprentice mechanic or plumber or joiner or whatever, one of those things, you're not going to learn much from the master craftsman if you just turn up at the workshop when you feel like it or every so often. You know, it's like us learning from the master craftsman, Jesus. We need to build the closeness on a regular basis and dig those deep wells. And for some of us here, I just want to encourage you. You've been running well. You've been faithful. You've been spending time with Jesus. You've been seeking him. You've been trying to run your race, stay in your lane. But maybe I just want to spur you on a wee bit and it's time to raise your game. Like, take it up another level. Take it even more seriously. Build on your training and see what Jesus will do. And for some reason, I always think of Jessica Ennis <laughs> when I think of things like this. She's such an amazing athlete. So maybe we want to step it up and be like an Olympian like Jessica Ennis, whatever that looks like for us. So finally, for this new term, for running the race, for being an apprentice, I was wondering, could we set a target? Okay, so I want to ask you, what's your PB going to be for this term? What's your personal best? What are you aiming for? You know, Paul has much more experience at running races than me, and often he has a goal in mind of the time or how he wants to run the race or whatever. So in our race with Jesus, what do we want to see him do? What do we want to see God do? How can we be that apprentice of Jesus, spending time in his presence and doing what he did? An old version of Proverbs 29 says, without a vision, the people perish. So what's the vision? What's your vision for the next season? And I just want to say at this point, a PB is not to feel better about ourselves or to earn anything or to impress anyone. As disciples and apprentices, we're just called to lay our lives down, aren't we, and follow Jesus. And I was thinking of, you know, when we sing, um, when I survey, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. You know, we're not 
setting targets here to set a target. We're doing it because Jesus is worthy, like we sang earlier, to lay our lives down for him. But anyway, what's our vision for the next season? My question to you today is, what would a PB look like in your life, in your work, in your family, in your church, in this church, and in our community, even in the nation? It could be something really personal, like this season, I want to spend less time watching TV and more time in the Word or reading. It could be relational, like I want to build community that's real with other believers, that's authentic, where I can really share the blessings and the battles in my life and not pretend anymore and not hide. It could be thinking of that one person that we long to come to faith or long for God to set free and just praying for that person intentionally. Maybe it's getting alongside someone else and calling out their gifts and cheering them on to run their race, being intentional this term about spending time with someone. Or maybe it's getting intentional about sharing your faith with your kids, like helping them look at the Bible, like parenting the word with Gillian on the 11th of September. We plug there for you, Gillian. <laughs> you know, maybe it's trying to change that negative culture in your workplace to speak differently. Maybe it's about praying for God's kingdom to come there. Maybe it's setting your goals to work towards something, like fostering or caring for other people. Maybe you're like, I need to step up. I need to up my game. I need to be Jessica Ennis, and I'm going to train in leadership, and I'm going to really take this race seriously. There's so many things it could be. For each one of you, it will be something different. And we want, as a church, to dream again for how God can move in our church and our communities. We love what he is doing, but we do long for more. And we want to pray and cry out to God for that to happen. That's kind of what tonight is about at Lagan Valley Vineyard, as a group of vineyards praying for God to move. But also we want to pray for God to move here. So this is a little plug on the 29th of September on Sunday night in our lovely shiny new venue. We are going to be meeting together to worship and to pray and intercede, and we're going to pray for God to move. So get that date in your diaries, guys. But we're, you know, things don't happen unless we cry out to God. And I believe we need to dream again with God. I was inspired again by Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So it's, it's, it's at work within us. It has to be from us. Another version says he can do exceedingly abundantly more. Don't you want to be part of that? part of what God is doing and the exceedingly abundantly more but we need to ask ourselves what does that look like this year I just want to I always have to get a little song in and don't worry I'm not going to sing but at Soul, I was at Soul Survivor this year which was amazing it's um, a Christian festival in England and Scotland um, I was in England and it was the last ever one after 27 years um, so it's kind of sentimental as well because that's where I met Paul and loads of my best friends. And it's been a big part of my spiritual journey. So Hope and I went over for the last one. But Rand Collective were leading worship a couple of times um, at the event. And you kind of, I kind of love that a bit because you kind of love hearing the Northern Ireland accent. No offense. <laughs> you know, Rand Collective. <laughs> They're from Bangor, and you're like, yay, check them out, lead in worship. But I loved one of their songs, um, and I, there was a real, I love, I just felt like I loved, 
when they were leading this real sense of celebration but also intercession and this song really captured me and I've been listening to it ever since and the words are your name is power over darkness freedom for the captives mercy for the broken and the hopeless your name is faithful in the battle glory in the struggle mighty it won't let us down or fail us your name is power power not power power anyway um you know when you speak, you scatter darkness, light arrives and heaven opens. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, the church awakens. We believe the change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us see it. That is my prayer. You know, I truly believe that God is freedom for the captives. He's mercy for the broken and the hopeless. He's faithful in the battle. When you are going through a battle, he is faithful in the battle. He won't let us down. He won't fail us. But I want the Holy Spirit to let us hear heaven coming. I want the church to awaken and change to come. I want the Holy Spirit to let me see that. You know, I just think that as we run our own race, as we stay in our lane, as we champion one another and cheer one another on, seek our PB with Jesus, what, what we're going to shoot for, aim for, we will see those things happen. We will see the immeasurably abundantly more. We will see the church awaken and we will see change in our community and in our land. And that's my prayer for this next season. Thank you.